All right, folks, welcome on back now to another glorious episode of the Boombastic Cast. Woo! We got a great guest for you guys today. This is a gentleman whose face you've seen just about everywhere since the beginning of time almost, you know what I mean? Legendary dude. Um, you know, the, the, we got Home Alone, Married with Children, Breaking Bad, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, The Jerk, he had a little cameo in, I believe. Um, married with Children, I said, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. also... Yeah, he's also the uh, the the one we can uh, uh, thanks for bringing uh, the classic characters of Chandler and Joey together. Because if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him, you know, telling that uh, other guy uh, that he has become Chandler's roommate, then it would be Chandler and the other guy, not Chandler and Joey, which uh, we now know as as. One of the uh, funniest uh, sitcom uh, duos in uh, yeah. in history. Yeah, he's been a part of just about everything, and we're going to try and touch base on as much much things as we can on this episode, um, and keep it rolling. There's so many cool TV and movie appearances that he's been a part of. That um, perfect contender for a Boombastic cast guest. You know what I mean? Someone who's entertained and influenced myself in the Hawk. For many moons, all right? And that man yeah. is Larry Hankin. Yeah. I got to say, one one of the uh, great things uh, that, that I like about him, he's, he's definitely one of those guys who's a character actor. He's He's been going since uh, the 70s, and he's still going strong. And he's not slowing up, which is, is really cool. And it's great to see him. He always... You always love seeing him on on screen because he he has such a great sense of timing and a sense of humor. True. And uh, he's so good at timing that here he is right here, folks. Without any further ado, the great and the wonderful and the mega powerful, like a superhero, Larry Hankin. Welcome to the show. And... Okay, Alexander and uh, Matt. Okay, Alexander and Matt. Yeah. Larry, very nice to meet you on the interwebs of uh, the Zoom media here. Yeah, this is uh, really great. Um, it's a wonderful thing during this pandemic. <laughs> There's got to be something good about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Zoom meetings. <laughs> you know what's good about, you know what I like about COVID, man? The Zoom meetings. They're think- really great. <laughs> I would have never. Well, anyway, it's funny though because Zoom was like nothing. Like Zoom was just this thing that people would go, "Oh, I hope, I hope it gets famous someday." And then COVID happened, and everybody—it's like the only way they did school, business meetings. It's like the future, you know. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. Um, but your room is really cool too, you know. Why, thank you. Background, yeah. What is all that? Um, this is all I got, records or what? Yeah, yeah, I guess those are my soundtracks, and then I got action figures. I'm big in the records, and over here I got like my rock and hip hop records. And yeah, meanwhile, and- Alex has nothing. He's got squares. He's got uh, Japanese. He's uh, Japanese. <laughs> Very simple. 
Well, well, yes, yes, yes. Alex? I, I live in a Japanese bathhouse. Um, it has a very good, you know, uh, rent system. You know, I, I scrub the floors and they let me, you know, hide out in this. Uh, What's behind that? that that's, you know a, that's a screen, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yes, what, it is. What mess is behind that screen? No one wants to know. No one wants to know. That's why the screen's up. Okay. If, if you were to see the mess, you'd be like, oh, my God. Okay, but we all, we all suspect. Okay, it's cool. <laughs> Alex is an actor as well, so he, I, I consider, like, his clean slate. So when I, whatever he needs to get into, he can just, you know, he doesn't have to look around and <laughs> yeah, be influenced. Right. Yeah, I got this whole room I got to clean before I, you know, go on. This. That's the other thing about Zoom, though. Yeah. yeah. Is it, it exposes, you know... I've been watching the news, you know, and all the talking heads, and now they're all in their kitchens and their living room. Yeah. It's really funny how they get their background, they get their book behind them, you know, or what they've read lately, or it's it's a thing with with backgrounds. I like your art in the background. I know you did those. You get the hood on the hood. I'm a big fan of. Uh, Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Do I have them? Where, where do I have them? Oh, I don't have them. Yeah, they're all on T-shirts. I, I did a Zoom meeting the other. I wonder what. Oh, I, I put them away. I folded them up and put them away. I shouldn't put them away. I just keep them. Up. But yeah, they're all on. Uh, they're all on T-shirts on my. Uh, I, I, I'll do the ad now. TheRealLarryHankin.com. dot com. Are we broadcasting yet? We're recording. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, we oh, we we cut God. it. We cut it up. So yeah, don't worry about it. We do edit it. So <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're all, I got like 40 of them on the real LarryHankin.com. LarryHankin.com has been stolen. It's, I'm being held up. It's really? hostage. You know, they, they don't want me to pay. Yeah. Uh, so the real LarryHankin.com. And then they, all, all my paintings are up there, all my T-shirts, all my films, film shorts, everything. Yeah. Is up there. Yeah. Well, um, we'll start with art, actually, because uh, since we, you know, from the get-go, the show's a very artistic show that you're on now, you know what I mean? Well, you've got a very artistic background. Well, thank, you. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Even the minimalism of Alexander is uh, <laughs> pretty cool. Each, yeah, each square is your own destiny. You pick a square and fill it out in your imagination. This, this is the future. This is the past. <laughs> and right now, we are in the present. Oh, very nice, very nice. Actually, so, it's it's, yeah. it's funny. My pal Matt, well, along other things, being a producer and a director and and all around good guy. Oh, he also paints too. Um, well, I I started out as a painter. I mean, I I really didn't start. Out, no, I always wanted to be a painter, but my parents, you know, they didn't want that. They wanted somebody who could support them in their old age. <laughs> Painters yeah. are not good at that uh so uh that they they knocked that out of me and i went into show business instead ha ha (laughs) same 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 gamble yeah same same gamble (laughs) and really they're really po'd about it too yeah but 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 that's what i did so you know when i finally started to uh get regular jobs in uh, show business and Hollywood. Um, I had time because there's a long time between jobs in, in movies. Right. You, know, you sit around and you audition. So I started to paint again. And then when 
uh, digital came around, uh, I could do it at home and I didn't have to buy oil paints or anything like that. They're all, uh, what I do is I draw on newspaper and then I just color them in, in digital. So they're all drawings, but they're digital painting. You know, yeah. color. I like them. Cool. And then you can blow them up or put them on t-shirts. Uh, you know, whatever. And go so that's, buy that's, that's a painting. I like it a lot. So yeah, I was going to ask you about like what your, your style was like paint wise, you know what I mean? So you kind of answered that for me. Um, yeah, because in digital, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, what do you call it? Photoshop, you know, right. um, you got, um, literally pre-mixed over a million colors. Yeah. You, know, you just hit the dot, you know. So, I mean, I used to paint with oils and uh, gouache and uh, uh, watercolors and stuff. But it just mixing and cleaning your brushes and buying all the different brushes and stuff. Yeah. So digital, that's the only thing I like about the Internet is, is digital. Well, is that? Well, that's the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. The apps, the apps. Uh, yeah, that's uh, other, other than that and, and Zoom because of COVID. <laughs> that's uh, true. The, the rest is, an, it's just, um, what is it? It's it's a spam and uh, people <laughs> telling you misinformation. It's just full of information, ads, and spam. That's the internet to me. Yeah. Misinformation, spam, and ads. It, and 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 uh, Photoshop. When it comes to your art, where do you get inspiration? Because I know you had some real heavy. There's some like real heavy uh, emotional like paintings in there. You know what I mean? With like the woman oh, weeping yeah. and stuff like that. Well, it's anything that 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 catches my interest. Really, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll make a painting because I see a great line. You know, you know what gun gunnels gun whales. Yeah, you know, on a boat, you know, that's the uh, the top of the, the sides. The top okay. of the, the sides of the boat are called gunwheels. Well, yeah. on like rowboats, small, well, all boats, but you can see it on rowboats. On rowboats, the gunwheel going from the back, you know, to the front, it goes that line, that, that sweep, and then up to yeah. the front. Okay. Sometimes I'll be, you know, walking along or something, and I'll see a, a rowboat, and I'll go, ooh, that line, that gunwheel. And I'll do a painting just based on, I mean, I'll draw the whole boat, but the reason that I'm doing it because it's that line. Also, I have a, on my, on my website, I have one of my paintings I did. It's called Birthday Sock. My, my, uh, my sister had a birthday, and I didn't know what kind of a present to give her. So, I mean, I said, okay, I'll send her a painting. So I had a pair of new socks. They were black and red. So I painted my foot in, in the sock. So I painted and I sent it to her. Because I like the line of the underside of, of my foot in, in the sock. It was yeah. just a, a very cool curve on people's feet, on, on your foot. Well, in the sock, so the sock was, you know, black and red, and I had black pants on, so it was very stark, but mm-hmm. really cool. She she liked it. I liked it. But again, it's it's anything that draws my soul, if it's an emotion, like a, a woman 
being sad about a death or something like that, or someone crying or laughing or a line or, or a thing. It's just whatever catches my interest. And then you go, but if it doesn't catch my interest, I, I can't do it really. I mean, it it comes out different. It comes out not well. Yeah, I like the vibe of like the the politician and the businessman type ones. Those are those are cool. You know what I that mean? One. Yeah, there's a couple of them, but that was yeah, a great yeah. one. Uh, well, that, there, there's uh, well, see right here, you you can't. <laughs> no, no, I can't. It's all wired up. Yeah, all yeah. Wires. But right up here is a big, huge. It's it's uh, it's it's well, it's bigger than it's that big. Yeah, <laughs> and it's up here. <laughs> It's an elephant. It's just an elephant. It has nothing I to do with politics elephant. or boats or anything. It's a big elephant. So, uh, yeah, there are, yeah. Wh- whatever catches my eye. There was a an elephant in a zoo. I thought, wow, that's a really cool elephant, you know. Yeah, elephant's a sign of luck, I believe, I think. What, uh, is it a sign of what? I think a sign of luck. Like, if you see an elephant or whatever, it's supposed to be a lucky thing. Like, if it don't oh, well, I got a you, huge guess. piece of luck right you up here. Lo- you got luck sh- looking down on you. you yeah, looking better than luck looking down. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Too bad you guys can't see it. You would be filled with luck. But... <laughs> it's, all, it, it's on the, the, the real... The uh, the real fucking Larry. Uh, yeah, yeah they're, all there. they're all there. A lot of lucky things are on yeah. there. Yeah, really cool lucky stuff. dogs. <laughs> I <laughs> liked it. I thought that was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, painting's great. Like Alex was saying, I do a little dabbling myself. And, uh, yeah, you can see anything. Like, I remember, I, like, sketches, you just, like, start drawing lines on a paper, and eventually it'll start to form yeah. into something, you know? Yeah, well, I used to do, that was a game I used to play in, uh, actually, in, in, in public school. Um, I never paid any attention to class. Classes were so boring. Right. So there was another cartoonist, uh, you know, all I did was cartoons when you're in public school. You don't know about painting and shit. Well, I didn't anyway. But uh, so I would sit in the back of, on most of my classes because I just wasn't interested. And the guy sitting next to me, Stuart was his name, and he was a cartoonist too. So uh, what we would do is that we had a great game. I, I really, uh, if I find another cartoonist who I could just sit next to, what you do is you just uh, script a letter, you know, like B or C or you write a scripted letter. That was it. And you hand it to him. And he had, that was the start of a cartoon you had to make out of that. You, know, you had to draw a cartoon and you had to start with the, with the letter. And so like a B, yeah. B a scripted B. The bottom of the B, you know, where you start, you go boom, yeah. boom, like that, the bottom of the B. That was a lion's nose. It was a side view of a lion. And then you would just draw the mane around the B, and it would look like a lion. Yeah. And then you go boom. It was, we would do that for hours uh, through a lot of classes. Because then I guess, I, I don't know, I haven't been in public school in a long time. Me either, yeah. So I don't know if you had to change classes for each, each subject or you did all the subjects in one class. I don't know. See, we did all the subjects in one class so we could sit there for hours and just pass, you know, so I didn't pay much attention. Or I'd look out the window. That was another great, great thing yeah. I did. It is good, you know. There you go. I would get people, but it was so, 
I guess obvious. But I mean, the other kids would say, what are you looking at? You know, I just sit there, <laughs> you know, that, that tree or I was, I wasn't looking at anything. I was just thinking of my next cartoon or I was just thinking about what I was going to do after school. Yeah. But school never, uh, never caught my interest. I never did a painting of a school. Let me put it that way. <laughs> you hear that a lot with artists. It's just kind of dull and the, the same routine over and over and over every day. You lose interest pretty quick. Uh, well, also, I, I, I was a cheater. I was kind of a, a kind of a smart kid, so I always relied on my. Well, I can look it up, or you know, for the test, I could study real hard. Yeah, you, you know. So I always, I've always figured out a way to get by. It's not a good way to go through life. I mean, I, I learned that after public school, uh, halfway through high school, it, it sort of. No, I don't think I can get away with it anymore. So. <laughs> Okay, because yeah, I saw it. It was a drag. It was an anchor on my running board. Yeah, <laughs> it just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody know what running boards are anymore? Running no, boards. Yeah. No, schools have changed completely. Yeah, yeah that's like on the side of uh, of like the old cars, right? Yeah, yeah. See, he he kind of knows. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Why they have? Well, I guess you. The the idea was to step on the running board to get into the car, but okay. now somebody said, "Why do you have to do that?" <laughs> you know, that's the key to most inventions. Somebody comes along, and say, "Well, why do you have to do that?" You know, yeah. like yeah, like me with digital. Well, why do I have to mix paints? Let me just digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's with uh, what's that guy's a, a Tesla? Oh, Elon Musk. Um, yeah. um, uh, Elon Musk. Yeah. Elon. I guess you know why do we have to use wings? Why can't we just propel it straight up? You know, <laughs> why do you have to have wings to go straight up? You don't need. Wings. Yeah. It just yeah. It's <laughs> He's got the money. Most to... inventions, I'm that's sure, it. come out of. You know, Newton and the apple. Of course. Fall. Why does it have to fall? Why doesn't it go up? Why does it have to go down? I don't know. They say imagination is the only thing that kind of separates us from some animals, is the fact that we can imagine. I I guess. I guess. But, but yeah, I mean, I I think that's true. But but a lot of animals do have some kind of imagination. Like, for instance, raccoons. Why do they wash their food first? Mm. You know, probably because they have hands. Or maybe because it goes down better. You know, like the water wets it to go down. They don't like the dry stuff. I don't know. But that kind of is the the first raccoon to say, why does it have to be dry? Yeah, yeah. You know, I got a hand. Let me just put it in the water. I mean, but, you know. Monkeys do the same thing. You know, yeah. Imagine, I don't think, hey, here's my point, I think. <laughs> I don't think there's much difference between us and animals because we are, in fact, animals. Yeah, we taste the same. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a video with gorillas the other day and I was like, these are just uh, like, they're, they're, they're like a higher class of human. If yeah, war, war I think so. 
You know what I mean? Uh huh. Much higher class. And I, I, yeah, they know the deal. And you got to take like beavers that build dams and stuff to protect themselves. So they, they they use their imagination. They know the deal. Yeah, they know. Yeah, yeah, and they don't over overachieve. Yeah, you know, like no animal ever thought. Let's go to a moon. Let's go to the moon. <laughs> that would be a cool thing. Right. How do we do that? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, but but uh, I don't I don't have much I don't put much stock in in, in Homo sapiens really. I mean, I really, you. you know, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if if you think about, it, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, you, uh, I've seen some things where like they have an elephant and they give him a paintbrush and they have him, you know, oh yeah, canvas. And and the thing is, honestly, I mean, my my opinion is that if there is, let's say, you know, spirituality or like you know, a soul and all of that, I believe that all creatures have that. Because, like you said, we're animals. I mean, we're not any more special than the yeah. dog or the bear or, or any other. And the thing is, the only we difference think is, we are. Yeah, That's we think we are. That's the difference. We think we are. But the truth is that if if animals had the same speech and we could communicate with each other, I'm sure we'd find out that they're probably as sophisticated as us, just oh, in a yeah. different different way and a different way of communicating yeah you try to catch a fish with your mouth go ahead (laughs) i've seen him do it it didn't work i got too much (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i that's totally true i mean they don't they don't over they don't think hey well i'm better than you or you know i'll just if i am i'm gonna eat you in other words you know just it's on or off, you know. It's, right. digi- it's very digital. Animals are very digital. It's zero or one. That's yeah. it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you, like you look into the eyes of a gorilla, and you it, you get the vibe that like it knows exactly. It knows you're, what you're doing. You're you're videotaping it. It just de- decides not to kind of communicate and let us know. You know what I mean? Yeah. We uh, probably go they- to war with them. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they they do have emotions, you know. Like they'll, they'll hug you and, and stuff. They know that. Yeah, you know. But but so do we. you know? It's like they know that. No, no. So do we. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were there first with the hugging. Yeah. We came along later. Oh, by the way, okay. I, I just this is a thought. I mean, it's I. I've never. It's very rarely that we get into these subjects in yeah. interviews, but. Uh, might as well bring it up. Yeah, I think that as far as we're talking about Homo sapiens and animals, I I truly believe that that we're going to be one of the first, I guess uh, you know, living entities. Uh, you know, uh, trees are living entities too. So I don't even know if I can cut it that fine. But uh, that we are going to go from an anomaly to survival to evolution to extinction faster than any other anomaly ever. Yeah. We're going to go into it. We're going to be extinct before we ever really evolve. I mean, like tigers have been around for how many mil- mil- millions of years, right? You know, tigers, uh, bugs, you know, rats. We've only been around for like, um, I think it's, uh, well, a little over 300,000 years. 
I'll give you 500,000, but that's way in the safety zone. So we've been around for 500,000 years. There's like nothing compared to all the other animals and trees and stuff around. And we're already on the road to extinction with, with, you know, the air and the water and the land and the smog and the pandemics. I mean, we're on the way. We, you know, it's. You think our imagine? You think our imagination is a curse in the end? Because our imagination is we create all these things that maybe that's why we're going to go to extinction. Extinction. Over, we're overachievers, right? Well, well, a scientist actually told me the the the, the reason. I mean, he, she it was a she broke it down. She said uh, there's too big a distance between our our. Ability to think, our imagination, and um, uh, I don't know, our ability to survive. I don't know. In other ways, we we've separated uh, our our what are our reach over uh, our our grasp. Okay. Yeah. Our reach over. We don't have this. It's not together. You know. We're thinking too far ahead. Right. We can invent a bomb to blow ourselves up. Exactly. We, we you know, that's really great, but it's anti-species. Right. Other species never do anti-species things. They just become extinct. Well, yeah. you're not being able to make. And we're inventing our own extinction. Yeah. No other animal does that. Trees don't invent how to set fires. Right. <laughs> you don't see a tree picking up an axe trying to chop up. Yeah. There's no axe. Trees don't have axes. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, I mean, so the stupidity of, of our species is, uh, is really funny, but it's sad, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, the extinction thing I've been thinking about recently is so weird and kind of creepy, you know, just these different civilizations that have been here that are no longer here. And, um, you know, some certain people say that, like, with the comet that killed the dinosaurs, that it, it come every every so many years, uh, you know, whatever, you know, a lot, a lot of years we're talking about here, but, you know, it, it it's reoccurring, and it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, that every it's a, a time clock that just set, that it's just going to boom 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 be over and uh it's almost interesting to think that we know this deep down well yeah we 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 know yeah you know we, we know our animals we, don't know that's they, another stupidity thing of ours you know our, yeah. our ability to see way into the future and uh there's no us there <laughs> we can be so self-destructive i wonder if that's like conscious because deep down we know that we really aren't going to last anyways you know what i mean uh well you know that's an interesting uh c- concept uh yeah. where we we are um born suicidal right. self-destructive yeah uh th- that's uh pretty cool there is no other animal that is that lemmings come to mind but that's about it um, and that's because of overpopulation. Mm. In other words, they don't do it until it gets to be too. Uh, and I think, I think also they don't. I don't think they know they're destroying themselves. I think they're just going that way, and then there happens to be a drop off. Yeah, yeah. And they're just following, you know, like uh, like humanity. 
Well, like humanity, yes. I was thinking of like like elk and stuff, or you know, yeah. like in Africa when they go across a river and there's a, there's alligators in there. But you know, the the theory is enough of us will get across, so the species has got that in mind. Yeah, we're going to destroy a few thousand of us, but a couple of thousand are going to get through. Mm. The species knows that. I don't see how we're going to get through. In other words, where does our species have that? Yeah, well, I, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he said, well, no, enough of us will survive. Um, yeah, but that doesn't do me any good. Right. <laughs> you know, what about me, species? What about yeah. me, DNA? Exactly. I don't know. It's but anyway. The survivors will be a part of a special club that we're not a part of. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's the rich. I think the rich are going to The rich, survive. yeah, definitely. They're going to do well. They're going to do very well. That's why I think people are trying to be rich. Elon Musk, yeah. You know, it's, not it's, it's not cupidity. It's, it's survival. You know, if I get rich enough, I'll be able to survive. They even have the uh, they even have the place picked out already. By the way, I don't oh, know. If yeah? you know yes. Do you know where the rich are going to go when they have to survive? You Is know, it a different when, planet. When shit hits the fan. Aren't they trying to switch up one of the planets to make it make it no, no, habitable? No, no, no. Get that far? You think we'll go underwater? New Zealand. Mm. Why so? In other words, I think the reasoning is that New Zealand has. There's certain countries that do have this. You know, you have to be. You can't buy any land or own property if you're not a citizen. Hmm. That's very simple. It, you know, it doesn't seem dangerous or, or, or easy or why it would be good for rich people. But rich people in New Zealand, it's an, uh, I think it's an island. Isn't it an island? It's yeah. an island. Yeah. Yeah. So rich people, there's a way they can buy their way in and buy property there. It's an island, so it can be defended. And it's uh, far enough away from every other place that it's kind of safe for, like, say, a pandemic or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they've already got their their geographical location picked out yeah. for the sur- survival of the species. It's really rich people are really shrewd, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, it's I, I a know. it's a global thing. I the natural disasters, I think, are the most scariest thing, and. You know, you got to look at Earth as a living. People forget Earth as a living thing, and like humanity's kind of like a cancer on it. So it only be yeah, a matter yeah. of time before it yeah. fight back and try and heal itself. You know, I was, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in, in other words, the, the Earth is going to do fine without yeah. us. It's gonna exactly. really do right. The other animals are going to do fine. Um, alpha animals are going to do really well. Do you know that? Um, you know, there there's a declination of, and we're the top animals. We're the top predators. Well, then, then you go below the top. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, not alpha predators. Top predators. T- the, the top apex predators. Well, the the, the yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. How does it go? The top. The top animals in the in a predator species, like yeah. say lions. There's an alpha lion, in other words, or alpha dog, in other words. The best dog is an yeah, alpha yeah. dog. He's the leader. Okay. Um, an alpha, uh, so, all right, I, I just lost the thought. Forget it. Forget it. It's just too, too complex. <laughs> alpha it's humans. Way too complex. Alpha humans. We're all alpha humans here. 
Uh, oh, well, well my, my point, I guess, was that we have, and we, without knowing it, uh, humans have killed off all the top predators. Like, for instance, lions, are, uh, lions tigers are, are, are top predators, um, but also in the sea. Um, sharks now are becoming uh, a, a danger, endangered species. Yeah. Well, if you kill the sharks, man, there goes the du- the the garbage uh, machines uh, they, yeah, they yeah, clean yeah. the ocean man they, yeah, they uh, so we're we're killing them off and we we so in other words all of the species that are endangered let me put it that way are top predators if you kill off the top predators they keep every the other things and uh, like lemmings kill themselves well top predators also kill off the extras yeah. But if you kill off the extras, then you get more bugs and you lose the bees mm. and you lose the, you know, in other words, you lose every time you kill a top predator, you lose something that they, or, or you're overexpanding what they ate. Yeah. You know, they, they, they eat these. Well, there's no more tigers. So now they expand. Well, nothing is stopping them. So they're going to endanger other things. It's a, it's like the uh, butterfly effect a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, the butterfly effect. I mean, we're losing butter. I mean, when you start losing butterflies and bees, man, I mean, that's like a canary in a coal mine, don't you yeah. think? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's I mean, weird. That, uh, that hinders, uh, you know, the pollination, uh, the growing of uh, food. Yeah, you lose food. If you lose bees, you lose uh, pretty much uh, minimum half your diet. Yeah. It's gone. Probably I mean, the good stuff. How stupid is that? That's Do probably the good stuff. Yeah. It's probably the good part of your diet that you want to keep. You know, the rest of the diet's Mountain Dew and cereal. Yeah, well, what about ice cream? Is that going to go? Never. It's too much calories to go. <laughs> it's crazy there. You know what I mean? It's definitely a wild world. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, like I say, once we leave, everything will be copacetic and fine. Back to normal. Yeah, if you want to go back to normal, get rid of human beings. Then everything will be normal. Jeez. This is our countdown to extinction episode. Um, yeah, I like it. I mean, we can talk like this because I love it. not in our lifetime. You know, yeah, well, hopefully. Down the road. But I think kids, uh, like, say, high school kids. Yeah. I think they are aware of what their parents are doing. And and up grandparents and great grandparents are doing to the planet, you know. It's a, and my generation, I mean, uh, so you guys are kind of you've been cut some slack. It's my generation that dropped the ball. I'm 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 telling you right out front. Yeah. Any anybody over sixty five, you know, is to blame for because uh, how long has the industrial uh, revolution been around uh, since? Uh, well, eighteen at eighteen hundred. So, um, I guess the depression. Yeah, if you were alive, uh, it's oil. When they discovered oil, was yeah. the you know kerosene. Uh, so that was uh, the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties. Yeah. Okay, so it's only. Yeah, 200 years that we've uh, fucked up the planet in the last 200 years. It's true. 
It's true. So it's my so it's my generation and generation beforehand. So you guys have cut a little slack, and the high school kids uh, are doomed <laughs> to, to clean it all up or uh, suffer the consequences of of us of not you guys, but yeah, yeah. my generation and on back. Now they have to start their two hundred years to clean everything up. So you know you got to even it out. Two hundred years. To- well, I think <laughs> I, you know. Okay. If I throw up right now, how long yeah. will that take? A couple seconds. of seconds, right? Yeah. Right, about 20 seconds? How yeah. long will it take you to clean it up? That's Not true. 20 seconds. Yeah, that's true. I don't think they got the time to do it, you know what I mean? No, they don't, you know. It's and if a- even if they did, it's, it'll take... More than it'll take more than twenty seconds. It'll take not two hundred years, but maybe a thousand. You yeah. know, twenty seconds to ten minutes, fifteen, twenty minutes. You know, to twenty minutes. Yeah. And also, you have to go get the tools. That's true. Now, what if I don't have a mop? You know, right. <laughs> or rags. You know, then I'm going to have to get. You know. Well, it's tricky. That right there could be the extinction process where if those, if that younger generation feels that the older generation is unsatisfactory and there's a problem, if we could take them out of the picture, you know what I mean, and then kind of start over in a way. I'm not saying they should do this. This is, this is a worry I would have with that. Well, I, let, let, me, let me just interject, insert yeah. a thought. You know... We were, uh, we've been t- talking now for, I would say, 20 minutes. I think you've lost anybody over 65. With this- <laughs> <laughs> That's our audience, though, everybody over 65, so it's good. <laughs> we're warning them. <laughs> but the high school students, I'm sure, are very interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the high school, you know, they'll be in that position, and uh, I think the, ne- the next step, like that Jetsons era future that everybody wants, I think will be after uh, this, this like civilization cancels out and the people that kind of survive, I think they'll be rewarded with this uh, higher super technology Jetson type. Of- oh, well, yeah. I mean, once they get it cleaned up, if, if they can get it cleaned up, no, then it'll be okay because they'll have all the stuff like air conditioning for the planet. Right. Or, 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 uh, hot, hot. Uh, a, a water filter for the oceans. Yeah. Uh, blah, blah. But, you know, I have another theory. Let me, let me just pull this up. Yeah. Uh, it's about civilizations, because you mentioned civilizations. Um, I think that all, you know, all civilizations have a, um, what do you call it? Uh, something, uh, a cancellation factor involved. Like, like in DNA, you know, the destructive thing about Homo sapiens, we're very destructive animals. We really are. I mean, we don't care. I mean, like, we litter. We we litter with stuff that does not decompose. Other animals, no matter what they litter, it will decompose. We don't. We just litter and and it just stays. And with uranium and atomic shit, it stays for years. Okay. Civilizations, so that's the thing about humans. We, we have this DNA thing about, okay, no, no decomposition. Uh, but civilizations has a decomposition uh, thing in it too. Like, for instance, with politics now, our civilization and the civilizations like this, 
all the other civilizations have disappeared, right? You know, the Syrian civilization, uh, the Egyptian civilization, all the great civilizations are yeah. great because we know about them and they're not here anymore. That's, that's called great. TPs, no, they're not great civilizations. They're TPs. They destruct no buildings. You know, the India, all Indian cultures, all tribal cultures in Africa, no civilizations because there's no buildings. Yeah. You know, no, no trace. But civilizations, because buildings, well, no. Uh, and here's the point. Uh, Washington, D.C. It is now rampant with lies. Well, now, if you're into history, lies bring down civilizations. Lies bring down anything. Mm. Lies fuck up the system. The system is based on truth. Not truth, but look, if this wheel goes this way, if you put cogs in it, they go the opposite way. That's the system. That's truth. Here's a lie. Yes. It doesn't work. Well, all civilizations become lazy become the, because civilizations are based on middle class. The middle class, right now, we are a middle class civilization. And civilization don't give a fuck about history or the people that died to give you this freedom to be lazy. Right. The, all, all the wars that we fought, you know, all, all the inventions that we made to make your life easier. Siri and Matilda and whoever else is in the digital can. I mean, okay. So all civilizations get lazy when they get big. And when you get lazy, lies become to expand because you're not thinking. You're not critical thinking anymore. This this, uh, middle class, it has no critical thinking whatsoever. Middle class. It's not blue or red. It's not Republican or Democrat. It's no critical thinking. You're, they're lazy thinking. Mm. Uh, we call it stupidity, but it's really not. It's not, no critical thinking. Mm. And so we are, forget what we just talked about, about uh, Homo sapiens. It's civil, well, civilizations are built by Homo sapiens. And the lies are going to bring this, this country down. It's not going to be Trump. It's the people who believe lies and spread them. Right. It has nothing to do with Trump. Trump is like, you know, he's like Genghis Khan. He's like, uh, I mean, he's like, well, he's not Genghis Khan. He's like the guy who wanted to be Genghis Khan. That's what he wants to be. He wants to be president of the world. But uh, so what I'm talking about is civilization. Civilization breeds contempt because it breeds lazy, lazy thinking. It breeds a middle class. Yeah. And the middle class is fine for bringing up children. It's just not good for preserving your civilization or society. It's good for bringing up children. Yeah. You know, but if I was brought up in a vapid ch- uh, house, so I had a fight to get on this show to be with you guys, to, to say what I'm saying. In other words, my parents wouldn't allow me to think this I mean, I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I just, right. I just want to know what's right, and I'll, I'll, I'll say stuff to be corrected. Mm-hmm. I, I, 
I like to be corrected. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Nobody will admit they're wrong. That's right. stupid. Yeah. I mean, no, correct me if I'm if I'm doing something wrong, man. It's not good for me. <laughs> right. Correct. You know, I'm. Yeah. It's ego it's, might be. In it. other words, I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. Well, the media. You got to blame the media. For, uh, you know, no, I blame the middle class. No, I blame people <laughs> in my generation. Yeah. No, I blame people. I don't blame things. I don't blame yeah. media. There's very intelligent people in the media. True. Uh, there's also very stupid and vicious people in the media, as with Homo sapiens. Yeah. In other words, if you start thinking in blocks, you're already on the way to uh, extinction. Uh, to me, it's. Yeah. it's just get the correct thing. Just get the correct thing and fuck the media. You know, fuck the media. Yeah. Media's garbage. I do blame them for selling out people's sanity for ratings, though, because they'll go. Oh, create, yeah. They'll but create madness. Not all yeah. media. No, not all media. Not does all. Right. So, so you say media and already you're on the way to lazy thinking. That's true. Come on, I, man. I, I was, I was Name wrong. a name. Okay. If you say Fox, then you have to say, okay, Hannity. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that the, the, the blonde lady. I don't know what her fucking name is. Yeah. No, but, but there's, there was other guys uh, on, on Fox that finally quit or would try to tell the truth. Yeah. But yeah, it's the guy who owns Fox. He's the guy. Well, if you start saying because you think like me or you, mm-hmm. and you say, "Well, yeah, the media sucks." Yeah. Well, I know what I'm talking about, and you know what I'm talking about. But the guy standing next to me says, "Yeah, the medium sucks," and then the media sucks, and <laughs> the medium sucks, <laughs> and then he's off going, you know, well, you know, fuck him and fuck him and fuck that and fuck. And why? Because the media sucks. No, man. But you, you where do you get your information then? You who thinks media sucks. This is media, by the way. It is. This sucks. No. You know, in other words, it's just. I know what you mean. I use the blanket term like the media, the same way if someone is to say the government sucks, you know, there's certain folks in there that are good, but there's definitely some pipers in there. That's you water in your. Fucking bath, man. That's yeah. government. Yeah. Stop it. You know. Right. I'm with you. I know. I, I, I know. It's just <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm shouting, you know, at the ocean. I, you know, I'm, hey, what the fuck is going on? You know. So then, you know, I go and I paint. Artistic. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's, 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 it's just escape. You know, it's, just, it's therapy. Therapy. Yeah. Art, art is therapy. It's therapy. It, it really is therapy. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Show business. Show it's, business is a beautiful. Let's pop into some show biz. Yeah, let's pop into this. So you, you, you got your show uh, If you have any listeners left, do you know that yeah. our discussion up until now has been verboten on every other interview show I've ever done? Well, that's a good thing for I've us. Done yeah, I, I'm giving you a compliment. Thank you very much. I, 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 I brought up little tidbits of what I, what we've been talking about. Yeah. I was always shut down. No, we, let's talk about something else. 
And I'm waiting for you guys to say, hey, let's, uh, and no. So I, yeah, it's very brave. See, but that's the good part of media. Yeah. That's the good part of Zoom. Yeah. You know, now, now if I'm wrong in all this bullshit I've been, you know, throwing out at this camera here, <laughs> uh, then, I, then I stand to be corrected and I don't mind. If everything I've said is bullshit, then fine. Just tell me. Because I, I can't function well. I can function better if I know the truth. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that, that's all. I don't, I'm, I don't take umbrage at being corrected. A lot of people get really pissed off. They do. Whoa, you know, and they will not be corrected. They'll counter lie you or, or, or change a subject calling, it's called deflection now in, in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Oh, he's deflecting. No, he's fucking lying, man. Yeah. It's true. That's part of the job. Okay, uh, let's change the subject. See, right. I mean, I, mean, I don't We know. love the discussion process of the show. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean we'll, yeah, we'll, let's talk we'll, about show business. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you got your start um, with the, the comedy troupe, the committee, I believe, or did you get into kind of showbiz before that a little bit? Oh, way, way, way before. I, see, I never wanted to be an actor. I never wanted to do anything. What I wanted to do was kind of sit around and, Shoot the shit like you guys, you know, yeah. just with you all day, all day. That's what I love to do, you know, in the lunchroom, in public school, in high school, in the back of my class, or you know, trade cartoon things. That that's what I really like to do. I just like to hang, man. Uh, but you have to have a job to pay the rent to be yeah. able to do that. So, uh, so I I never wanted to be anything. My parents wanted me to go to college, so I went to college. I didn't. Like that, I wanted to be an artist, so I went to Syracuse University because I saw <clears throat> in the catalog they had a department called the Industrial Design Department, which was part of the art school. And I thought, okay, my parents want me to go to college. I'll pick Syracuse, yeah. get into industrial design because it says industrial. That cools my father out <laughs> and then um, I can get into art school. Well, that's not how life works, nor how Syracuse works. The industrial design department is industrial design department, part of the art school. No, it was just because of the design word that they were part of the art school. It's industrial design. I had to take math and calculus and physics and, you know, redesigning and, you know, and, and the art was drawing ollies, little, you know, shiny parts on the chrome of cars yeah. that you, you, you did pastel renderings of. You, you, there was, you, you, you didn't do an, an art project. You had a rendering project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Photoshop. Thinking, is this yeah. art? This is not art. This is rendering. Uh, so when I graduated, my best friend in Syracuse was called, was, was, uh, Carl Gottlieb. I don't know if you know that name. Do you yes. know that name? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, he, I wrote, uh, Detroit and, uh, he wrote Jaws. Yeah. He wrote Jaws, the movie I know he, Jaws. he's in Jaws. I know he wrote oh, it. No. That's cool. No, he was in Jaws. Yes, he was. But he wrote Jaws with uh, the guy who wrote the book, Jaws. Peter Bliley there? Carl. Peter, yeah. yeah. But Carl wrote the movie. Uh, Peter, what's his last name? 
Um, Blatley, Blatley. The writer of Meet Your Hugs? No. Anyway, um, Peter Benchley? Benchley. Yes. So Benchley just told him the story, and but but, but Carl wrote it. But anyway, he was my best friend in college, so I was going to be shipped to Detroit to design cars. And I had gone to Detroit in my senior year uh, on the Syracuse University's dime because they wanted to see their best. I was, I was a really good student. I was an A-minus a- student. So, uh, you know, I mean, once I get into something, I'll just do it. You know? yeah. So uh, I don't know any better. So I, I, I was shipped there, and they gave me a tour of uh, Ford. Give me a tour of the uh, car design department uh, for future cars. So it was a big, big salary, a huge salary. Yeah. And um, so when I saw, when they gave me the tour, uh, I revolted. I mean, I just, what? I'm, I don't want to go here. I mean, I told them that. I mean, basically, I signed my fate. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know it, but I, it helped me. In other words, they took me through a tour of the art, the art department, you know, where all the, they had like little plaster Paris cars on their desks. You know, and and uh, so I picked them up, or I'd look at a, you know, there there was like nine of us from different schools, the representatives, you know, take a tour. Yeah. And they were going to pick. We were like the A A team or the 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 B league or the A league or the B team. Yeah. From college, you know, we just and we were all there, and I would just pick it up and all that. And so the guy who was assigned the employee who was assigned to take us on the tour, he goes, "Oh, you really like that, huh?" And I go. Well, actually, no, I picked it up because I thought it was kind of a weak design. I was kind of expecting more, you know, from Ford. And he goes, well, the head of the department designed that one. Oh, really? Well, like I say, I was expecting more. Well, <laughs> and and then, uh, then they showed us the dining room. So I just shut my mouth. I said, okay, um, I don't think I'm going to get very far in this department because I just say things, you know, what's on my mind. So then we go to the cafeteria and he shows me, and it was really incredible. It was like a very upscale New York boat, uh, a nightclub restaurant. It was, it was amazing. I was really um, impressed. And I said to the guy, wow, now this is really amazing uh, we, we get to eat here? And he goes, oh, no, this is the CEO's dining room. And I just lost it. <laughs> what do you mean? Then why did you show this to us? We can't eat here, but you're going to show it to us. So now I'm impressed. And your designs aren't that good either. So <laughs> that, that kind of sealed my fate. Now, I didn't know it sealed my fate, but word got back to Syracuse, of course. And they said, don't send Larry Hankin. You know, we don't want him. But on the other hand, I wouldn't have survived because that's what I would, if they hired me, that's what I would have been doing. You're complaining all the time. So uh, Carl, we were graduating at the same time. And I said, he said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm not going to Detroit. You know, I don't want to go there. I hate it. And they don't want me. So that's it. I'm not going to any of the other car departments either. They're all the same. So where are you going? And he wanted to be a writer. He always wanted to be a writer. 
So he said, I'm going to Greenwich Village, live there, because at that time it was cheap in the 60s. It was really cheap in Greenwich Village. He said, and I'll get, I, I've got uh, sent out some query letters and I got a job on a newspaper, a local, n- n- nothing big that you would ever hear about. Well, he's a yeah. local. Uh, but I got a job there, so I'm going to Greenwich Village. And I said, well, why don't I go with you and we'll get an apartment together? And he said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, probably starve. I don't know. And I really don't care. And he said, okay. So I had, I think I had enough to share the, the apartment, you know, the down payment. And I starved for about, I guess, uh, actually I starved for two months, literally. I, I had, couldn't get a job. I had enough, just enough money to, uh, pay the rent and then he, I was a, on his dime on Carl's dime but I had my what I my first job was uh uh sweeping up cleaning the duck boards behind the bar in in a in a bar and grill and I had to clean the bar so they locked me in from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. and and that's it. so my evenings I don't want to see another peanut shell as long as I live yeah. and uh so um, I had a, sh- a report for work at 2 a.m. And I got there for last call, get everybody out. They locked me in. I cleaned till 6 a.m. The chef came in, 6 a.m. came in. So I cleaned. It, it wasn't, didn't take me long. And then I would always wear a raincoat to work. And I would take rashers of bacon, which I would stash in the back of my pants oh, yeah. and covered it with a raincoat so it was behind my back and then I would take any kind of small cans uh, of vegetables or the small cans of those uh, sausages you know those yeah, yeah. Sausages. Yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> uh, anything that wouldn't bulk in my pockets of my right. raincoat and where I got the idea was from uh, Harpo Marx you know the raincoat and the spoons all the time stealing you know wah, wah. <clears throat> you know yeah. But I said, raincoat, right, of course, if you're going to steal stuff, raincoat. So those were, well, uh, so I did that because I was always raiding the larder of the grill part of the barn grill. And then I quit after two weeks because I knew the chef would see stuff was starting to be missing. So I always think and always ahead. I'm a homo sapien, man. I'm thinking ahead. You know, I know what's going on. They'll never catch me. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to become extinct. <laughs> so, so I quit. And then, but I had all my days and nights free and I would hang out at coffee houses and I won funniest in high school two years in a row. So I'm sitting there watching open mic nights and I see these comedians come up on the stand and go, I'm, I'm a funny guy. I can do that. For three minutes? Are you kidding? Now you weren't getting paid. Right. But I thought, you know, I'll become a stand-up comedian. What the hell? I can do that, what they're doing, for three minutes. Well, well, A, what I was watching was bad comedians. They're doing open mic nights. They're beginners. I mean, how good can they be? Right. And they're working for free. That never entered my mind. Well, maybe I won't be extinct. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I thought, well, I can do that. So I would get up for three minutes. Okay, here's the deal with open mic nights. That's the best time of my life, by the way, open mic mm-hmm. nights, bar none. Because the open mic night audiences are not there to laugh or to boo. They're there to see their friend mm-hmm. get up on the stage and do his three minutes. They don't care if you're good or bad. They're not going to leave. And, and they're not going to boo or hiss because then you'll boo or hiss their friend. True. So 
They just sit quietly or, or titter or smirk or laugh or, you know, whatever. For three minutes, it's fine. Okay. So I was very bad. I was awful because making you guys laugh or your friends laugh in high school is not the same as getting on a stage and making an audience laugh. Because yeah. I, I, I don't write jokes. I just tell stories that might or might not be funny, but they're just me talking. And that's what I did for three minutes. <laughs> they would just sit there and listen and it wasn't, wasn't stand-up comedian. It was just yeah. me talking for three minutes. But they, uh, I wasn't booed off the stage. So my adjustment was I can do better. Okay, I can't, okay, I can't shut this off. Okay. I'm going to put it in another room, okay? Right. Cool, cool. I can't shut it off. No worries. Okay. Oh. I just remembered. Phone calls come through the internet. Okay. This computer. And I can't turn the computer on. That's true. Okay. But I've just thrown my phone out the window, so okay. <laughs> Thank you. Whatever. We'll, we'll I buy you a new phone. So happy. <laughs> <laughs> How many guys would throw out their their phones for to keep the interview going. How None of them. Many? None. None. Only the best of us, Willing to throw out your phone out the window. See if. Um, see if. Uh, I'll throw mine see. too. <laughs> see how far you get thrown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. So what was I? I don't even remember the time. Well, let's continue from there. It doesn't matter. You. Uh, we we're talking about um, the the kitchen. Uh, oh, stand up. Now the stand, we've had some oh, yeah, stand ups on the yeah. show. So yeah. that's how I got that's how I got to start in show business. End of the story. Is yeah, so I I I my my mental thing was um I can do it better next time. And I would because I was a funny kid. I mean in high school I was a funny kid. Yeah. Uh, you do remember things people laugh at. You know, I mean, if I would tell a story to some guy or girl or whatever, you know, and, and it was kind of funny, and at a party, I would tell that story, you know. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was funny, you know. So um, I would I would remember the, the laughs of my story that I was telling, that, you know, I thought was pretty funny to my friends. Then they would laugh. So I, I collect, you, what you do is my psyche would, would just collect the laughs. So after about five or 10 open mic nights, I'd have about five minutes of just funny stuff. You know, that I, I didn't have to try to remember it. It would just be there when I yeah. got up on stage. I, I guess it was because I got the laugh on stage. I, the association was, well, in, in, in high school, I told funny stuff to my high school friends. I can tell funny stuff to any high school friends. Yeah. The, the association was there, a funniness to high school. And the, the thing was funniness on the stage. So oh, if I got these laughs on the stage, I was here. So I, the funny would come up when I get on the stage. Yeah. Because I never wrote anything, ever. And I, I was a very successful stand-up comedian. I was opening for Miles Davis, the Kingston Trio, uh, Love and Spoonful. I was on tour, yeah. Playboy Clubs. I did the Playboy Clubs. That's so, I mean, I was a stand-up comedian, 
And I never, ever wrote anything, ever. I just get up on the stage and I, and I remember, you know, and how you get new material is I would just tell a new story for two minutes in the front. If I get laughs, then I tell the rest of it. And if I get laughs, I just move it up, you know, and then tell new two minutes, but I'd remember the laughs from the old two minutes. And it would just be like a moving thing. I would just, every time I get on the stage, I would just tell a, I would improv. Yeah, yeah. I would improv a new two minutes and just keep it going. You know, and never. So I had that instinct and that's how I become a stand up comedian. And from there, I got into critical thinking, the stuff that all the 65 year olds tuned out in the beginning of this show. <laughs> I was doing that kind of material and I would get booed off the stage and then I would, you know, curse and I would be doing Richie Pryor, Lenny Bruce, nice. uh, uh, um, George Carlin, yes. uh, Bill Burr nowadays. Yep. Uh, and, and I started out with, um, uh, you know, Seinfeld kind of stuff. And I graduated to Lenny Bruce. Well, when I hit the Lenny Bruce stuff, that was like a wall. Yeah. And then cops started pulling me off the stage. Groups. And uh, wow. I couldn't take that. So I called my manager. I was opening for Woody Allen, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was a major professional. Yeah. So uh, I called my manager. It was Woody's manager. And I called him. I said, hey, man, I, I just can't do this. I'm not Woody. Uh, I, I, I wasn't. Pre- I'm not prepared for this critical thinking. Well, I don't know, you know, cause you're in, in the boondocks, you're touring, you're on tour, you know, you go nightclubs in the Midwest. They, they would, they would not truck cursing or sex, drugs, rock and roll. Forget it, man. People would come at me with a beer bottles. Get the fuck off the stage. Whoa. Wow. Uh, yeah. So uh, he said, uh, very pretty cool. He said, well, why don't you join Second City? They're doing the same thing as Lenny and Carlin, but they own the theater. So, you know, and you got four people up on this. This is what he said. This is a quote. He said, he said that. And then he said, look, you got four other people on the stage with you. And the stage in the, in the commit in the Second City he said the stage is four feet high. The guy with the beer bottle would have to start drop the beer bottle to climb on the stage. Meanwhile, you got four other people that beat him up. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's why I'm ignoring <laughs> Second City. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, a- no, it was just a better choice. Let's just put it that way. So I did. I auditioned for Second City, and the stage was three and a half feet tall. I mean, he, he was right, and there was other people. There. But the- no, it was it was great. But um, uh, a couple of us then quit. And went to San Francisco, and we called ourselves the committee. Yes. But we were really from Second City. And then uh, we were just, uh, you know, a $35 round-trip ticket in the 60s and 70s to Hollywood. $35 plane trip from Hollywood, wow. San Francisco, see the committee, fly back. And then they would call us. So we would be going back and forth. It was like extra money. We were in the committee, but we go down for a week. And it's improv, so anybody could improv your part. It doesn't have to be the same. Yeah. You know, it's improv. And we were all trusted one another, 
we, we were all in the same company improvising with one another. So if I had to leave for a week and say, you know, hey, uh, um, Gary, you know, take my part, you know, and then Gary kind of do it my way, but he'd take it off in another direction or whatever. And then when I came back, I would watch Gary and I would either do it his way, do it my way or combine the two and make it a, you know, and then the other person who always remained there had a deal with either me or Gary. Yeah. So he had a re or she had a re improvise with this guy or that guy. That's a good sense of community. You know what I mean? uh, Yeah. I mean, so and we, it was understood because, you know, then she will get called to go and then I'd have to take over for her or whatever. Uh, and uh, so the, finally, as they went down, they wouldn't come back because oh. of the money. Yeah. And they'd get an agent. So finally, the original members, of which I was the original member, and the director, who was the original director, the start starter of the committee, they all never came back. Ah, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, well, he'll do He'll direct a sitcom down there, just one boom, no, he's not coming back. And so I I became the director of the committee and then I just couldn't take it because I was dealing with, there were no no originals, no no my friends. They were all down there. So I was directing like the fifth and sixth generation of pickup improvisers from not Second City or the committee, but from San Francisco who were just actors out of work. Mm. Well, no, you, you, Second City has a school. I had to go to a school in Second City while I was on the main stage. I was going to improv school with the Lee Strasberg of improv, Viola Spolin. Uh, so there was nobody to teach my company how to be improvisers. Yeah. So uh, I just got bored because, you know, it wasn't like the old days. You know, it wasn't, you know, when you, yeah, it's like, Ringo and all the other Beatles leave. Right. Well, you know, this is a pickup band. So Ringo and the pickup band. No, it's not the same. Yes, lost its jazz. And that's that I was like Ringo. Ringo's me. He's him. (laughs) But it was like that. Yeah. Um, So I went down finally. So that's how I got into show business. I mean, very simple. You know. Now, when you when you started, so you were probably doing like there wasn't really comedy clubs in the beginning. It was like strip clubs and um, oh yeah, 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 and porno movies, strip clubs and porno movies in San Francisco. I did five, count them, five porno movies. Uh, Five is that five? Performed in porno movies. Five. Five. Uh, So I I was doing porno movies, uh, you know, for extra money. I was in the committee. But they would come and see all the porn stars and the directors. I mean, they were just people. Uh, you directed you know, them? Went to movies. And, well, they would come to the committee because we were like Second City. We were a tourist attraction. I mean, yeah. We famous. So they would come and they'd say, hey, well, you want to be in a movie? I said, you know, wow, what's the movie? Well, it's a porno movie. It's real cheap, you know, I mean. But, you know, you would be the comic. You don't have to do any porno thought stuff. You'd right. just be the comic relief. So, oh, if I don't have to get naked, fine. That's cool. <laughs> So I'd be in five porno movies as the comic relief. Okay. Well, people don't go to porno movies to laugh. Right. <laughs> Doesn't work. Not <laughs> funny. Not not my crowd. Yeah. Not my audience. But I, I watched them all. They were all just god awful. I mean, they were porno movies. They're, um, not 
porno movies. They were cheapos, you know, out, out into the, well, now they're out in the valley, now in, yeah. in Hollywood. They, they moved down here. They're out in the valley. But, uh, then they were out in, uh, like, um, in Sausalito. They were over, the, they were over the bridge. Yeah. Across the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, whatever that, whatever that, or, or up north. Boogie Nights. Yeah. But, 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 I, yeah. So, but, the, but there's only one porno movie that I really want to see that I, I was in as, as the comic relief. But it's the most bizarre plot. Yeah. I guess in porny movies, it's, it's not bizarre at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. Uh, I was hired to be a, uh, part of the, um, the press, uh, the, the media. I, I was a media reporter who, uh, heard that there was a swapping, uh, you know, sex swapping uh, club. <laughs> and then there were sex clubs where you, you swap partners. Um, so the, the, the movie was about a sex club swapping club, you know, and, and, and basically all I did was go to somebody's house and swap, you know, and then go to somebody else's house and swap, Yeah. get on the phone, you know, Hey, where are we meeting next week? You know, that was the movie, you know, yeah. Hey, where are we meeting next week? Okay. Let's go to, you know, the drive there swap, you know, so, you know, very basic, very simple. Now, the, 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 the trick was, the twist was that a reporter was going to come and do a story on the sex swapping club. Yeah. So they were all uh, hyped up about being famous and, and getting a story in a major newspaper. You know, so that, that, that was the, the basis of the movie. So uh, I said, well, now, h- how do I do that? W- where do I come in? What day do I work? I mean, I just wanted to, you know, move, you know, actor stuff. Yeah, yeah. Since I didn't have to, uh, you know, fornicate with two backs with anybody. Yeah. I just want to know, you know, what's my part? What do I say? And uh, when do I go home? You know, that's all. So they said, okay, show up, uh, blah, 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 at this address. Because uh, they're going to be... Uh, um, having a, a swapping party and you're going to interview the swappers. So that, that's your job to interview them. Uh, okay, fine. Now that, that sounded pretty innocent. Yeah. So I show up, I see all the, you know, there's two trucks, the, the camera truck and the actor truck. <laughs> they drove them to this private house and I go in and it is started already. Everybody is fucking all over the place. There's, yeah. And then filming. They're, they're filming handheld and a tripod. And now these are ordinary people in San Francisco, up north of San Francisco. So these are ordinary couples. These were not models or, you know, ad- actors and actresses. These were man and wife boyfriends and girlfriends, uh, people who lied to get in the movie, you know, oh, we're a couple, we're a couple, we swap all the time. Mm-hmm. So there are fat people and tall people and thin people and people with hats and people with beards and people yeah. wearing glasses. I mean, you know, just people, naked, yeah. fucking, maybe some of them had socks on even. I mean, it was just <laughs> weird. And uh-huh. I had to interview them. And I said, well, how can I interview them? They're fucking. He said, no, while well, they're fucking. Wow. Oh, okay. So I had my little pad, you know, no iPhones, and a pencil. Yeah. And I would go up, you know, a couple on a couch. Uh, hi, you know, like, uh, you know, now where did you meet? No, well, I'm with that guy over there. He's my husband. 
Okay, thank you very much. Uh, and well, who are you? You know, oh, he's he's my boyfriend. Uh, he didn't come, but I came with him. Okay, cool. And uh, then I go, okay, thank you very much. And then, you know, the director would say, okay, yeah, all right, uh, blah blah blah, <laughs> go with it. Okay, I want to see that film. I want to see that scene of me interviewing people just falling all over the place. <laughs> you know, and I got a day's pay and I went home, you know, and I wore a suit. And I said, what should I wear? You know, I'll wear a suit, whatever you, you know, whatever, wear what a reporter would wear. Okay. Stain resistant. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you don't get no, no squirt on you. Uh, yeah. oh, I guess we're going to have to try and find that for you. We'll- Do you remember the name of it? I I will search it out. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like this is in the in the late 60s, early 70s. So but I have had people I got, you know, I got a Facebook page. I have had people who have said, were you in China, woman? Oh, yeah. Were you in Svengali? Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, all of this was the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And then I'll get them, you know, like now I I just went to a porno shop and rented a movie and. And there you were. <laughs> wow, man. But it wasn't it wasn't that one. It was China Woman or China Doll or whatever. Yeah. Here's the skinny on all of that, if you try to find it. You might. You might find it. Um, the Svengali, specifically Svengali, but then China Woman also. Uh, and the other three, I don't know. Uh, those two were re-edited for different markets, either made... Uh, more pornographic or less pornographic, yeah. depending on the market in Taiwan or France or Canada or Mexico or United yeah. States. So Svengali, which I did the lead in, uh, I was Svengali. All I did was, uh, that was great because I was Svengali, you know, with the beard yeah. and the mustache and the hat, the yeah. you know, cape, I had a cape. And it would hypnotize women to go get fucked with the porn star. Yeah. You are going to go to this address and you will do anything they say. <laughs> and then, you know, I would get another woman. You will. And, you know, I never was in any scene with any, any naked people. Yeah, yeah. But they re-edited that several times. To It was a softcore movie. Yeah. yeah there was no penetration. But it was re-edited several times and the title re-changed to Svengali something, uh, where they made it either a graphic porno movie or a less... No, mainly it was more pornographic because it was a soft core to begin with. Right. So they just made it more pornographic and, and changed the name. Same thing with China Woman. Uh, they made it more horror. China Woman was a horror porno. Like uh, where, you know, they were... Ah, but, uh, well, you know, the, the, the devil was, was bawling women. Of course. It was a, it was a devil. <laughs> it was a horror movie. Okay. I like it. Uh, you, you like it. Okay. You love it. <laughs> so, it, br- it brings a whole new meaning to the term. Yeah. So they made it even, even more pornographic somehow and changed the name to China Woman. Yeah. Some other name. It brings uh, a whole new meaning to the term, the uncut version. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, okay. So Alex was was about to say something like, "What?" Yeah, Alex, what you got? He's a big porn fan. 
Oh no, yeah, no, no! Before I, I, we I got was, into this, I was going to say that <laughs> that my pal Matt is a big horror fan and porn yeah. fan. So, so that I don't is, hear. I can't hear you. You're too far away from the mic. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I was saying that uh, Matt is a big horror fan and also porn fan. So, oh, oh okay, porn again, yeah. Okay, China and Svengali. Yeah, I, I must. Well, the, the one joke. Okay, I told you the, the joke about the being the reporter. The yeah. joke about the Svengali movie was I loved the costume, you know, and the fact that I was the lead and the poster for it was magnificent. It was beautiful. It didn't look like a porno. It was just me. Uh, uh, the Svengali and the Svengali costume, costume, uh, hypnotizing the the viewer. Yeah, and that was it. It was just says Svengali, and and then me, and the, you you didn't know it was a softcore porn movie at all. So that was a really great thing. And the other great, the costume, the poster, and my mustache and beard, which was the cheapest mustache and beard you could <laughs> ever see. It looked pasted on. Yeah, yeah. So. The the reasoning for it was it was a low budget movie and it was soft core to begin with, so they didn't have enough money to they cut corners by <laughs> going to a magic shop. Ah, yeah. Not a not a not a costume shop, but a magic shop <laughs> to buy a magician's beard and mustache. <laughs> So it was like, you know, pasted on hanging like this. You know. <laughs> like this and like this. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of, no, it's kind of like this. Because <laughs> of the excitement. You were, you were getting so much action that you, the, you must The director who wrote it and raised the money, you know, this is big, never corrected it. He never said, well, you know, straighten it out. That's a whole different time. You know, porno, people, for anybody that watches pornography, which Ted Bundy says you shouldn't watch pornography, but anybody that watches por- you, the drastic change of back then, it, it was actual movies with sex in it. Like, it was a legitimate movie, like Larry's talking about, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, oh, and my one other, I'll tell you just one other off this subject. Beating <laughs> um, it to death. Um when I, I got an Academy nomination for a film short, that I, I, I make a lot of film shorts. Yeah. So I got an Academy nomination for one called Sally's Diner. And uh, to get into the Academy, to even get it nominated, I didn't put it in, the cinematographer did. I didn't think it deserved it, but it did. I mean, once I got the nomination, I thought, wow, because you can't judge, I can't judge my own work. I don't know if this is great. Or not. I just did it and and you want it or not. Yeah. So I made Sally's Diner and he put it in. And I said, no, it's not good enough. And he said, it is. And he put it in and it got nominated. So to get nominated, to, to actually put it in, you have to have it run in a movie in Los Angeles County, a genuine, <clears throat> you know, first run movie house for for a week. So you have to go to a first-run movie house where first-run major motion pictures are shown, and it has to be shown there for a week. That's your admission to getting it sent into the academy. If you can't get it in within within Los Angeles County, then you can't enter the uh, academy. Okay, so he searched all over. Now it's Hollywood. Now it's Hollywood County, and everybody's making film shorts to send in. Everybody in this in town, man. 
So all the movies all over L.A. County were booked solid for film shorts to run for one week, I think for uh, the first two months before the Academy. So we couldn't get in. So I was very happy because I didn't think it was worth anything. And I didn't think I would ever be invited back again. Yeah. I mean, that's where my mind was. And if you get booted once, you never can enter again, which is not true. But that's I didn't know. Exactly. So I was, I didn't care if it didn't get in. That meant I could enter it. Finally, Harry calls me, the cinematographer. Harry calls me. I finally, I got it into a, a major movie house where, so we're in, we can enter. And I said, Oh, well, okay. I mean, he, cause he was insistent that had, cause he wanted the nomination. Right. I said, okay, fine. You know, let's go see it on the big screen. I got a new girlfriend. I can impress her. Yep. Where is it? He said, it's at the Pussycat Theater, a major porn movie house. Major. (laughs) It is the prime Hollywood movie porn movie house. Yeah. And they have bus tours stopping there. You go see Chinese motion picture bus tour. Stops at that. I've seen the bus parked in front of the pussycat. Yeah. And Chinese tourists get out and go in. They, they're into pornos. It's not bad in there. Yeah. China. Okay. So I said, okay. Uh, and I think it was, yeah, okay. So anyway, I get, so I already invited my girlfriend that, to a major motion picture. She wanted, yeah, okay. So she said, okay, she'd go with me. And I didn't want to tell her it was a pornographic movie. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't want to tell her. I thought, I said, Harry, when when does it go on? She says, well, it goes on first. I said, oh, wait a minute. We can go in and it's, it's, it, it's the first movie. We go in in the afternoon when they open. It's the first movie up as a film show. We don't have to stay for the porn thing. I'm sure she doesn't want to see that. I mean, I just assumed. Yeah. You know, women, you know, I get kind of weird about it. Some women like it. I, you know, it doesn't matter. But I kind of thought my girlfriend was one of the women who didn't. Right, know. right. And then, anyway, you know, it's my first, you know, new new girlfriend. Why bother? So we went. And, I mean, she's going to the Pussycat Theater. I mean, what, <laughs> what am I like that? Yeah. What, what is this? So I was right, you know. You know what is this? What is it, a porny film short? No, no, no. We're just going on front, you know. And it's, Don't worry about it, you know. Okay, fine. You know, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. So we're sitting in the back. Now it's empty. It's in the afternoon, which is prime porn goers time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon. So, you know, this, it's not packed. It's, it's, it's maybe like, you know, 15 or 20 people, all sitting apart, all with coats. We're sitting in the back. So all we see is the back of their heads, you know. And, you know, it's a blank screen. We're just sitting there talking. And she's saying, it's going to be pornographic because I'm going to just walk out of it. It's pornographic, you know. And she didn't have anything about pornographic. She just didn't like to be, you know, kidnapped and just shoved into one that she just doesn't know anything about like that taxi so, driver scene. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So now the film short starts. My film short. Okay. We're on schedule. Okay. We can get out of here before the porn stuff starts. So it starts, you know, and it's called Sally's Diner. It starts with a waitress in a diner 
and a a suited man, a CEO, you know, comes in. He wants to change of a dollar, and all the guys sit up. Okay, it's going to be this suited guy's going to fuck the waitress. Okay, we got it. And then uh, I come in, you know, and um, oh wait a minute, it's a homeless guy. Oh, it's going to be a two guy. It's going to be a you know a, a double. All right, uh, uh, a CEO and a homeless guy is going to do the waitress. Wow, that's weird. Okay, they're ready. You know, they're leaning forward, and the movie plays out. It's just a comedy. Yeah, it's a comedy. But a, a homeless guy who can't pay. And I see, and the CEO who holds up the place, and the homeless guy saves the thing, and he gets rewarded with a meal. Hmm. End the story. Boom, and it's funny. Well, there's no, they're not laughing. They're they're sitting there, and you could see them just slowly, <laughs> you know. And, and then they're looking around and looking up at the booth, and well, nobody's taking their clothes off. This is a 10-minute film. It probably is the longest 10 minute of these guys' lives. Yeah. Nothing's happening. And they're looking around, and they're, you know, like, oh, man, like this, like that. And the movie's over. So we leave. Now, the, the upshot of it is, yes, we are now eligible to enter the Academy. And we did get a nomination, and we did go to the awards, and it was a big deal. But as far as me or the director or my girlfriend thinking that this is a really great film short that deserves to be shown somewhere, we didn't get that at all because nobody laughed, and you could feel the anger in the, in the audience yeah. that they were just tricked. Yeah. There was no sex at all. And they thought, what is it, the feature going to be no sexy too? So you can feel the room, man. It, it, it didn't go well. And so I lost out on that. And my girlfriend was kind of angry. <laughs> well, what was that all about? You know, and it wasn't color corrected either. Yeah. So you have that disturbance, you know. That's why they were really upset, I think, because of the color correction. Well, it not, wasn't not, color correction. Not the porn, not the no. So no, that's no. the end of my <laughs> pornographic, you know, and I got to go. I got I to gotta leave. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's time. But the, yeah, so that's all the stories I never wanted to tell on Zoom or, or on the Internet. <laughs> Good uh, word. The, 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 the doom and... Uh, Extinction of the human race and pornography. Word. <laughs> That's Countdown what we Extinction. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. Uh, this was a pleasure, man. We, we'd love to have you back on the show again if, if we could. Okay, well, you know, when the, when the book comes out, I'd like to come out and talk about. The, I would, the we book. would love to have you on when the book comes out. Um, okay, cool. That's Absolutely. Really yeah, we'll stay uh, in touch. So it'll be about, say, uh, hopefully sooner than six months, but. Okay. You know, well, I, I mean, I just finished it this morning, really. Oh, there you go. Uh, we get a special yeah. thanks. Uh, <laughs> we were there yeah. for it all. <laughs> so I have to find out if I can get a publisher or to get it published. There's no pornography in it. But I, I have to find out if I can get a publisher or publish it myself. So that's, yeah. that's my next step now. So that's what i got to do, do right now. Well, yeah, we'd love to have you back on, and we'll push the book when it's out. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. I don't know the name of it. I have to name it after I read it and find out what I wrote. You know, and then you find out what it's about. 
Okay. Countdown to extinction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Larry. Thank you. Thank you very much for giving us your time, man. Okay. Appreciate take it, it easy. Have a happy yeah, holiday. Yeah, Alex, Matt, Matt. See you next time. That was an interesting episode of the Boombasta cast. Um, we love the discussion aspect of it. We love it. Uh, Larry Hankin is the man. Uh, we got to talk about his porn career and the extinction of humanity, which is the greatest thing in the world. We love it all. And uh, everybody be on the lookout for that book that's coming. We'll be having him back on the show to talk about the book. Um, and we'll talk about some more of his movies and television stuff because – Woo boy, does he have a gigantic list of movies and television. And we uh, we didn't get it to pop into it, but we will next time. We assure you, we'll do a part two. And uh, Larry was the best, man. That was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to having him on again. You want to say anything in closing, Hog Ben? Just that uh, I got to say, um, this was a fun interview. I mean, we went down rabbit holes I never knew were there to go yeah. down, which uh, is always interesting because, you know, we come in with, you know, an idea of uh, what we're going to talk about, what's going on, but it is a rare pleasure when you are blindsided with some really cool and interesting stuff that you never thought you were going to talk about. Right. And, um, I mean, yeah, as Matt said, we are definitely I mean, going to bring Larry back. We're going to talk about more about his career and other yes. stuff. And, uh, but um, even though we did not get a touch on some of the other stuff we wanted to, uh, what we talked about I mean, was eye-opening and was really cool to talk about. And he has, you know, an interesting life and career that, you know, we, we didn't even know about, which was great that we got a chance to talk about. And another thing that was great that uh, Larry, uh, like you said, he got a chance to talk about some things that he believes and always wanted to talk about, but is always shut down by other interviewers because, you know, everyone just wants to talk about the career. And uh, don't get us wrong, man, and I love talking about the career, but uh, one of the things I want uh, anyone who listens to our show who understands that we're – we love to talk about that, but we're more interested in, you know, the things that you don't hear on other podcasts, other interview shows. We want to open that door. If you want to talk about, you know, your, uh, your belief or, or in this case, your porno career that no one knows about. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Feel free. I mean, it's, it it was an interesting ride, and I gotta say, I am psyched to find out more about Larry's uh, life and and career. And uh, I promise you, there will be another one. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And uh, to go with the the usual, you know, you you just caught yourself a, a boombastic cast interview with Larry Hankin that you ain't catching anywhere else. All right, this is an exclusive. You know what I mean. I got to say, I was blown away because we talked about things that I would never have expected to be talked about and finding out a whole new aspect. Because, I mean, when we watch movies with actors, when we do research and all that, there's always parts that we will never learn just doing research. Right. I mean, that's what I love about what we do. We, We talk. 
that's all we do. We talk and we see where it goes, see where the uh, white rabbit takes us. And um, this was an, an, a great example of, you know, something that we did not expect. And it, and we're happy that we went in this whole different direction. Yeah. And we'll wrap it up here. And uh, we're definitely going to have Larry back on the show again. Uh, if you want to look into some of uh, some stuff that you might not have seen, check out www.larryhankin, uh, the real Larry Hankin, H-A-N-K-I-N.com. Like I said, he has some really cool art up there. You know, there he's done some directing and producing of films as well, not just acting in it. And uh, he's got those up there. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to have him back on because I got a whole – Two, two notebook pages worth the questions about all the my favorite movies and television shows he was a part of. The Hawkman does too. So fuck yeah, go check out his stuff. Support Larry and uh, support us and support the whole world so we won't have to go into an extinction. Now I mean? So with that being said, we hope you all had fun. We had a blast. Uh, and we're going to catch y'all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Peace. Peace.